is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. West West Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell. Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell. These guys know sports. West guys, these guys know sports. West guys, Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell. These guys know sports. And welcome to Wise Guys. These guys know sports on this Wednesday, June the 28th, here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Come on in and sit while folks. I got an action jam-packed show. So many things to get into. Call to the show, 513-203-8655-513-203-8655 is the number to dial. The Wise Guys question of the day. Go on the Wise Guys Twitter page and give me your votes. Who is currently the better quarterback? Is it Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts? Go on the Wise Guys Twitter page and vote. My man Dylan on here. Dylan, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm going to get that fixed. Uh, for sure, for the next one, man. It was just I was running behind. It'd be a lot, man. It'd, it'd be a lot. I'm gonna be. I'll be on live on on N S N the next time for sure, brother. But um, I got an action jam pack show. I got my man Matt Campbell and Raymar from the Darian Hopkins podcast. They're gonna call into the show here in a bit. We're gonna talk about a few different topics. NBA free agency is upon us. Kyrie Irving, Russell Westbrook, James Harden are marquee free agents who headline NBA free agency 2023. I'm going to talk about the best landing spots for Kyrie, Harden, and Russ a little bit later on in the show. And also, I'm going to talk about the Warriors trading for Chris Paul and the Celtics moving Marcus Smart for Chris Stapps for Zingas. So, 513-203-8655 is the number to dial. 513-203-8655 is the number to dial. But we begin today in the NBA, and we begin in Portland as the Portland Trailblazers and Damian Lillard met yesterday. Blazers general manager Joe Cronin he says, quote, the Blazers are committed to building a winner around Dane. And so this was an opportunity for many for Damian Lillard to request for a trade out of Portland. A lot of people who are in the NBA, who cover the NBA, they expected for Dame to request to be traded out of Portland. It did not happen. And the Blazers general manager Joe Cronin says that the Blazers are committed to building a winner around Dame. So, when it comes to Damian Lillard and this situation in Portland, first and foremost, I believe that ultimately Damian Lillard will get traded. But I feel like right now what's going on between Dame and the Blazers is neither side wants to be the bad guy. So it's almost like if you're in a marriage and, you know, y'all know how marriages are and when they're toxic, it could even be a relationship and you could be in a toxic relationship or a toxic marriage and know that you're headed for divorce. But neither party wants to necessarily break up with the other party because you don't want to be labeled the bad guy who called it quits, who gave up on the other person. That's what I feel like is what's going on in Portland right now. I believe Dame. He knows that this Portland Trailblazers basketball team is nowhere near a true championship contender. Nowhere near it. Like, the Portland Trailblazers are so far away from as being a championship contender. Like, they're not even close. They're not even a top 10 team in the Western Conference, let alone a top contending team 
in the Western Conference right now. And so, obviously, they had the number three overall pick, and they had an opportunity to trade that pick. And Dame spoke about how he wanted some veterans and he wanted to be in a position to contend for a championship. And so the Blazers, they got lucky and they got the number three overall pick. And so I felt like, okay, if I'm the Blazers, I would have traded that number three overall pick for maybe a Paul George, maybe a Zion Williamson. And if you have Zion or a Paul George alongside Dame, you could be a contender in the Western Conference and possibly be a playoff team. I wouldn't have said that the Blazers with Zion or with Paul George would have been better than the Nuggets or the Suns or the Warriors, but I would have said that with Paul George or Zion and Dame, they could have been a playoff team for sure. They decided to keep the number three overall pick. They drafted Scoop Henderson and Dame and the Blazers on two different timelines. Dame and the Blazers are not compatible. And so, do I believe Dame is going to get traded at some point? I do believe he's going to get traded at some point. And honestly, as a Damian Lillard fan, because I've been a Dame fan for many, many years, I, I respect the hell out of Damian Lillard. I mean, you look at what Dame has been able to do in his career Damian Lillard, in 11 seasons, he's averaged 25 points per game. And he's one of the more greatest shooters in NBA history. Like, outside of Steph Curry, have we ever seen a better shooter than Damian Lillard? I, like, literally, when Dame crosses half court, Dame is a threat. The same way you have to give attention to Steph once he passes half court, you got to give that same attention to Dame time because Dame Dollar is big time. And since he's been with the Portland Trailblazers, they had one big playoff run. They went to the Western Conference Finals the year when Kevin Durant was injured. They lost to the Golden State Warriors. They got swept. I was disappointed because that was an opportunity for Dame and CJ to possibly get the Blazers to the NBA Finals and you know, ultimately reach their goal because that was a team that had Nurkic, McCollum, Dane, and they had a, a solid team at that time. And it was pretty much Dane and CJ versus Steph and Clay. And Steph and Clay embarrassed Dame and CJ in that series. They embarrassed Dame and CJ. And I'm a Dame, Damian Lillard fan, but they embarrassed him. And that was his best opportunity to get to an NBA Finals. It didn't happen. And so now we sit here today, and I'm thinking, like, they talking about how Dame, he wants the Blazers to go out and sign Draymond. Even if the Blazers sign Draymond, that's not going to make them a championship contender? Would Draymond Green make the Blazers better? Absolutely. They would be a better basketball team with Draymond Green compared to what they are without Draymond Green. But does Draymond Green swing the needle to where they are a true contender in the Western Conference? I don't think so. Dame, Scoot Henderson, and Draymond Green with Anthony Simons, that's not enough. It's not enough. So I am begging, begging on the Wise Guys Sports Show, hosted by yours truly, Trey Larkins. I'm begging Damian Lillard to be the bad guy for once and demand to be traded out of Portland. Dame, get the hell out of Portland quick, fast, and in a hurry. It's time. You've given 11 years to the city of Portland and to this organization. Your loyalty cannot be questioned at this point. And you can make a legitimate argument that Damian Lillard is the best player in Blazers history. Seriously, Clyde Drexler had a great run as well. He helped the Blazers reach an NBA Finals. They lost to Jordan, but you can make a legitimate argument that Damian Lillard is the greatest 
Portland Trailblazer of all time. Seriously. Now, just so for some context to show everyone how far the Blazers are from being a true championship contender. These are the 2022 ranks. In offensive rating, the Blazers rank 18th in the NBA. The Denver Nuggets rank 5th. And field goal percentage, the Blazers rank 17th in the NBA. The Denver Nuggets rank 1st in the NBA. In opponents' three-point field goal percentage, the Blazers rank 29th in the NBA, and the Nuggets rank 3rd. So that just gives you some context. But when you look at the standings in the Western Conference, this was the, the final standings in the West this year. The Blazers finished 13th. They finished 13th. Right now, the Blazers are not better than the Jazz. The Jazz just made a move for John Collins. And so they're going to be better next year. The Jazz will be better with Collins in Utah. The Dallas Mavericks still got Luka, possibly Kyrie returning back to their team. So the Blazers won't be better than the Mavericks. The Pelicans, if Zion can stay healthy, the trio of Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, and Zion Williamson, I love. They are also better than the Portland Trailblazers. Let's continue on. The Minnesota Timberwolves with Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert. They're better than the Blazers. The Lakers with LeBron and AD. They're better than the Lakers. The Warriors clearly are better than the Lakers. I mean, I'm sorry, better than the Blazers with Steph and Clay. The Clippers, if Paul George and Kawhi are healthy, they are better. So, again, if Damian Lillard wants to position himself to compete for a championship, the best way to be able to do that is to demand to be traded. Get the hell out of Portland, Dame. Get out of there quick, fast, and in a hurry. I am begging Damian Lillard to get out of Portland. And so with that being said, too, if Damian Lillard is ultimately traded, everyone's talking about him being traded to the Eastern Conference, and the three teams that, is, that are being mentioned are the Bucks, Celtics, and the Heat. And I've heard more about the Heat than any other team. I have heard about the Celtics and the Bucks, but I've heard a lot about the Miami Heat. Unlike everyone else, I actually believe the Milwaukee Bucks would be a better fit for Dame, and the Bucks could give the Blazers back something that they haven't had in a very long time. If the Blazers trade with the Miami Heat and they get back Tyler Hero, they don't really need Tyler Hero. Like, they got enough guards. They got Anthony Simons. They got Scoot Henderson now. Okay, they don't need guards. They need a forward who can shoot and be able to create off the dribble like a Chris Middleton. Could you imagine Dame time in Milwaukee alongside Giannis? Because Giannis and Dame would be a perfect fit. Perfect. Because Giannis' weakness and him not being able to hit perimeter shots is Dame's strength. It would be hard to stop Dame and Giannis. And I believe if the Milwaukee Bucks got their hands on Damian Lillard, they would instantly become the favorites in the East over the Celtics and over the Miami Heat. I think Dame and Giannis would be the perfect fit. And I feel like he would position himself to win a championship. And then again, for the Blazers, you'll have Chris Middleton with Scoot Henderson, with Anthony Simons. And I think the Bucks give the Blazers more of what they need compared to the Miami Heat. I think the Miami Heat will give Tyler Hero up, but the Blazers don't need more guards. They don't need more guards. Shaden Sharp, he was on their team as well. But yeah, I just think they don't, I just think that the, the Milwaukee Bucks will give them a better training package as well. And I would love to see Dame alongside Giannis for the Milwaukee Bucks. I think that would make the, the Bucks contenders and possibly the favorites in the Eastern Conference. And then if they can keep Drew Holiday in Milwaukee, and Drew Holiday would also make up for Damian Lillard's weaknesses on the defensive side of the floor. Dame is not a great defender. If you have to give up Drew Holiday and Middleton for Dame, I still think it would be a great move for the Milwaukee Bucks. But if you can keep Drew Holiday 
and have that trio with Holiday, Dame, and Giannis, I definitely think that's a championship contender in the East. For sure. For sure. So those are my thoughts on the Damian Lillard situation out in Portland. Again, I think that he will get traded at some point. He just doesn't want to be labeled the bad guy. He doesn't want to be labeled the bad guy. And I believe that general manager Joe Cronin doesn't want to be the person who trades Damian Lillard out of Portland. So this is standoff at this point. It's a standoff because there's no way in hell that Dame believes that this Portland Trailblazers team will be a championship contender anytime soon. Dame's forgotten more basketball than I know. And I know me personally as a basketball analyst and the person who watches the game, I know the Blazers are not close to being a championship contender. So I know if I know, Damian Lillard damn sure knows. So those are my thoughts on that situation. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys No Sports. Coming out the break, I'm going to discuss the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. I'll be right back. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Wise Guys. Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell. And welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. Here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody remember go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at these guys no sports. Call to the show, 513-203-8655. 513-203-8655 is the number to dial. The Wise Guys question of the day. Who is currently the better quarterback? Is it Lamar Jackson or is it Jalen? Hurts. I'm going to get into that here in a bit, and I'm going to get into some NBA trades that have taken place so far in this early part of the off season. But let's transition and let's go to the NFL and let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals as Cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan has some recent comments on his quarterback, Joe Burrow. And he was talking on the Locked On Bengals podcast about Joe Burrow. This is Brian Callahan on his quarterback. He says, quote, he's got mastery over our system now, which is a really cool thing to watch him grow in that and be able to almost become more like a coach. And so... I want to look at the odds real quick to win the AFC currently. The Chiefs lead the way. They are plus 350 to win the AFC this year. The Buffalo Bills come in at second at plus 450. And the Bengals come in at plus 500 as best odds to win the AFC. So on the offseason, it's been some back and forth between the Bengals and the Chiefs. And this is Jamar Chase, Bengals star receiver and friend of Joe Burrow, obviously, and his best receiver on the Bengals and top target. He was talking about, they were somebody asked him about if Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. And Jamar Chase responded with Pat who? So Mahomes was on Twitter and puts up a picture with him and his two Super Bowl rings, and he responds in the caption and says that too. And then Travis Kelsey on the New Heights podcast responding to Jamar Chase. This is Travis Kelsey. He says, shout out to Jamar Chase for holding it down for his quarterback. But don't you ever disrespect Pat Mahomes. Now, if you want to talk your... Blank, talk your blank, pimp, just better back it up. That was 
Travis Kelsey defending his quarterback, obviously, and letting Jamar Chase know that he shouldn't disrespect Patrick Mahomes. So, when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals and whether or not the AFC should be scared of the Cincinnati Bengals, I got to be honest, living here in Cincinnati, I mess with a lot of Bengal fans. I got a lot of family and friends who are Bengal fans. But if I'm being real, yes, the rest of the AFC should scare and be feared of the Cincinnati Bengals because you look at Joe Burrow. Last year, Joe Burrow, in his third season, he had 35 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 4,475 passing yards, completing. 68% of his passes. Last year, I felt like there were two narratives that happened during the regular season. One of the narratives was the Bills are better than the Bengals. The other narrative was Josh Allen is better than Joe Burrow. For whatever reason, I feel like a lot of people want to elevate Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills as to being that top-tier team that can compete with the Kansas City Chiefs. For the last two years, to me, I feel like the media has hyped up the Buffalo Bills, and they have given the impression that it's the Buffalo Bills, not the Cincinnati Bengals, and it's Josh Allen, not Joe Burrow, who is the, the biggest competition to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And I thought last year in the divisional round playoff game between the Bengals and the Bills, I thought both of those narratives got completely shut down because the Bengals blew out the Buffalo Bills. Bengals beat the Bills that day. I think it was 27 to 10. And Joe Burrow significantly outplayed Josh Allen. Now, don't get me wrong. I know how great Josh Allen is. I love his athleticism. And he's a mobile quarterback. And he can definitely make plays with his legs. Got a strong arm. But Josh Allen isn't as good as Joe Burrow is. We have to stop that narrative as we head into the 2023 NFL season. We got to stop that narrative. Joey B is better than Josh Allen. Joey B is better than Justin Herbert. He's better than Deshaun Watson. I believe that when it comes to the best quarterbacks in the NFL, it's Patrick Mahomes and everybody else. But then I do believe that Joe Burrow has elevated himself to being that solid number two quarterback in the NFL. I really feel like that. And I don't think he played the greatest in the AFC Championship game last year, but I do believe that the Cincinnati Bengals can and will win a Super Bowl with Joe Burrow as their quarterback. And so when you ask the question, is Joe Burrow the best quarterback currently in the AFC North? I have to say yes. Now, I respect what Lamar has done. I'm going to talk about Lamar Jackson a little bit later on the show. I'm going to compare Lamar and Jalen Hurts because Lamar Jackson does have an NFL MVP on his resume and Joe Burrow has weapons that Lamar Jackson did not previously have in Baltimore. I mean, the best weapon that Lamar Jackson ever played with, with was Mark Andrews. And Joe Burrow has a great supporting cast with Jamar Chase at receiver, with T. Higgins, with Tyler Boyd. In the backfield, he previously had P. Ryan, even though he just signed with the Denver Broncos, and he had Joe Mixon. And Joe Mixon's going to be back with the Bengals this year. So I believe that Joe Burrow does have a great supporting cast, but I do believe that Burrow has separated himself from the other young quarterbacks in the NFL. That could change this year, but that narrative to where Josh Allen is better than Joe Burrow, we got to kill that narrative. We also got to kill the narrative for the Bills being better than the Bengals. Even now, the odds to win the AFC, the Bills again, for some reason, are more favored to win the AFC 
than the Bengals are. How? The Bengals blew out the Bills in their house last year. In their house. And Vegas is telling me that the Bills should be favored over the Bengals? I, I, I don't see it. I don't understand for the life of me how you could say that the Bills have better odds to win the AFC than the Bengals do. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. But I do believe that this Bengals football team is going to be good. Again, offensively, they have no weaknesses from a skill position standpoint. You got Joe Mixon in the backfield. At receiver, Chase, Higgins, Boyd. They might be the best receiving core in the NFL. At tight end, they brought in Irv Smith Jr. from Minnesota. They also made a move and brought in Orlando Brown Jr. He previously played with the Chiefs. So they're trying to make that offensive line better because over the last two years, that's been the biggest weakness for the Bengals. It's been their offensive line. At O-line, you still got Ted Karras at center, right guard Alex Kappa, Jonah Williams at right tackle, left guard Cordell Volson, and they made the move for Orlando Brown. And I think Orlando Brown is definitely going to help that offensive line be better this year. He really, really is. Now, in free agency, they made some moves. They brought in Nick Scott at safety, brought in Sidney Jones as well. They re-signed Jermaine Pratt. I think that was a very, very important signing for the Bengals. And so they, they had to get better in the secondary. I'm not a big believer in their, in their secondary. I love their, their players up front and their pass rushers like Sam Hubbard and Trey Hitcherson. DJ Reader will be back in the mix for sure. And at linebacker, they still got Logan Wilson. I think Logan Wilson is a very, very underrated linebacker in the NFL. We don't show him enough love. So I, I definitely think that the Bengals are a team in the AFC that other teams should fear in the AFC. And they deserve to be the favorites in the AFC North as we head into the season. Now, the AFC North is going to be tough. It's going to be tough. That is a tough division. Ravens got Lamar Jackson. They got Odell Beckham now in that division. And the Browns got Deshaun Watson, who's going to be available for all 17 regular season games this year. So the, 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 the Browns are definitely going to be in the mix as well. The Browns will be in the mix. I, I, they're my sleeper right now in the AFC. And then it's the Steelers with Mike Tomlin, they always in contention somehow, some way, despite not being as talented as some of the other teams in the AFC North are, like the Bengals and the Ravens and the Browns. The Steelers always play the Ravens, Bengals, and Browns tough. They always do. So we're going to see what's going to happen next year in the AFC with Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys No Sports. I'll be right back. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Wise Guys. Wise Guys. Wise Guys. Wise Guys. Wise Guys. Wise Guys. Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell. These guys know sports. Wise guys. Wise guys. These guys know sports. Wise guys. Wise guys. Wise guys. Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell. These guys know sports. These guys know sports. These guys know. Welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody remember going follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys at Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Call to the show 513 203 any particular topic you want to discuss, don't forget to go on the Wise Guys Twitter page and vote the Wise Guys question of the day. Who's currently the better quarterback? Is it Lamar Jackson? Is it Jalen Hurts? 
go on the Wise Guys Twitter page and give me your vote. Let's go back to the NBA and let's talk about the NBA off-season moves so far, a couple of major, major trades that has transpired in the NBA in the early part of the offseason. The Warriors traded Jordan Poole for Chris Paul, and the Celtics traded away Marcus Smart for the services of Chris Stapp's Porzingis. And so I want to talk about the Warriors first. Obviously, the Warriors had to move off of Jordan Poole. We knew and heard all season long about how the Warriors locker room wasn't the same. And the Warriors struggled to meet on the road last year because Draymond Green couldn't really be himself last year because of the altercation that took place with Jordan Poole last year before the season started. So I felt like last year, Draymond Green couldn't really be that leader that we've known him to be in that Warriors locker room because he was trying to, to, to make things better with Jordan Poole and trying to mend fences, fences and make things better overall. So I kind of felt like last year, that was the reason why the Golden State Warriors struggled the way they did on the road. I mean, they were a pathetic road team last year. They, they lost road games to teams that they usually would blow out on a road in years prior. So they struggled significantly on the road. And I just feel like that was because Draymond Green couldn't be that leader that we're accustomed to seeing him be in that Warriors locker room. And so in the playoffs, despite them beating the Kings, I thought that in the Lakers series, it, it caught up to the, to the Warriors and them not having the necessary chemistry to go on a deep playoff run. I underestimated the dynamic in the locker room with Draymond Green and Jordan Poole because I had the Warriors going back to the NBA Finals. I did. And I, I underestimated that dynamic. And that's a very, very important dynamic. So I understand why the Warriors moved off of Jordan Poole. They had to. And you're assuming Draymond Green is going to re-sign back in Golden State. He declined his player option a few days ago, but more than likely he's going to re-sign back and go to state. There's reports about how the Mavs, I believe, the Blazers, and the Kings are all interested in Draymond Green's services, but I can't see Draymond Green leaving Golden State. So I feel like in order for the chemistry to be back in that locker room, you have to remove Jordan Poole because think about it. These are players playing for a sports team, but they are also human beings. And Steph and Clay been cool with Draymond for years. They've been cool with Draymond for years. And so Jordan Poole was a new kid on the block, and he hadn't proven himself in that Golden State Warriors organization the way that Draymond Green has proved himself and helped the Warriors become a dynasty and win four championships during this dynasty. Jordan Poole doesn't have the clout or the cachet that Draymond Green has for the Golden State Warriors. So I feel like it was an easy decision for general manager Mike Dunleavy, new general manager Mike Dunleavy, and the Golden State Warriors and Steve Kerr to move off of Jordan Poole. Also, Jordan Poole, had a lot of issues with turning the basketball over. He was very, very inconsistent. And this year in the playoffs, he wasn't that good. Last year, he helped them win the NBA championship. And I thought he was a major, major piece in helping them being able to capture a championship off the bench. But this year, it just, it just did not work. And so they bring in Chris Paul. And for me, when I saw that Chris Paul got traded to the Warriors, my initial thought was, this is not a good fit. Because Chris Paul 
is the kind of player that likes to run a lot of pick and rolls. The Warriors are one of the teams in the NBA that don't run pick and roll action a lot. They don't run a lot of pick and roll action. They are a ball screen basketball team. They run a lot of screens to get Clay and Steph open. And so I'm thinking, like, how in the hell is this going to work? Because Chris Paul is more of a half-court type of guard. He doesn't play at a fast pace. And now he's 38. He's 38, so he damn sure ain't playing at a high pace. And so I'm thinking, like, how is this going to work? Because Chris Paul also is not the kind of player, considering his accomplishments, who's going to like the idea of coming off the bench. You look at Chris Paul in his career. This is regular season and playoffs. Chris Paul has started in 1,363 games in his career. He has never came off the bench. So I'm thinking you're not going to bench Steph. And so how is Chris Paul going to buy into this idea of coming off the bench? Because I don't really like him and Steph Curry on the floor together. I don't, I don't like that dynamic. And so that's something I thought about as well. I, I, I'm like, I, I just don't see it. Maybe it's maybe this is a move that's going to lead that's going to be the first move that's going to lead them to another move. Because I don't understand how this can work. Now, maybe if the Warriors sign a uh, Brooke Lopez in free agency and they have Brooke Lopez come off the bench with Chris Paul with the second unit, maybe that could work if Chris Paul buys into the to the idea of coming off the bench. But other than that, I just don't see Chris Paul, Steph Curry being a fit. And then these are rivals. We got to remember, Steph Curry and Chris Paul are rivals. The same way we look at other players and how they write, like we've seen other players like Kobe and, and Meta World Peace team up with each other. I think this is a different dynamic because they A, play the same position, and B, Steph is significantly better right now than Chris Paul is. At least with Kobe and, and Meta World Peace, we knew who the star was when Meta decided to join the Lakers. It was Kobe's team. It was Kobe's team. And so Meta was never on the level of a Kobe Bryant. Chris Paul, in his own right, is a Hall of Fame player. And he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Fame player. Now, right now, Steph is better than Chris Paul is. But Chris Paul sees himself on the same level as Steph Curry. Meta didn't see himself on the same level as Kobe. So I feel like it's going to be a tough transition for Chris Paul to accept coming off the bench and Steph Curry being the starting point guard for the Golden State Warriors. It's going to be a tough adjustment for, for Chris. I don't know how it happens. I really don't. I don't know how it can work. I really don't. And then, then on top of that, a few years ago, Draymond Green flat out came out and said he doesn't like Chris Paul. He flat out said it. So I, 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 don't, I don't know how it could work. I don't see it really working. Maybe Chris Paul is dealt by the trading deadline to another team. But I just don't see how Chris Paul fits with the Warriors. I don't. I, I love Chris Paul and go to state. He helped stabilize the team during times when Poole would have been mess, messy and thrown off the momentum. I, I don't see it working. I don't. I get what you come, where you're coming from. I just don't know if Chris Paul is going to be able to accept that coming off the bench role. He's been a starter his entire career. And again, he views himself on the same level as Steph. Because I hear everybody talking about other players who were rivals who ended up on the same team. Kobe Bryant and Matt Barnes. Kobe Bryant and Meta World Peace. Make no mistake about it. Meta World Peace and Matt Barnes were never on the same level as the Black Mamba. So they knew their roles when they came into the building. Chris Paul views himself on the same level 
as Steph. Now, we know Steph Curry is better than Chris Paul is from a legacy standpoint, but Chris Paul doesn't believe that. So I think it's going to be a tough adjustment. We'll see what happens, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Now, let's go to Boston. The Celtics, they acquired Chris Stapps Porzingis and dealt Marcus Smart to the Memphis Grizzlies. So when it comes to the Boston Celtics, I do feel like the Boston Celtics got better moving Marcus Smart and bringing in Chris Stapps Porzingis because Chris Stapps Porzingis fits Joe Mazzula's system. I feel like the Boston Celtics and their general manager, Brad Stevens, they have made a decision to build the personnel from a player standpoint around Joe Mazzula's system and players who can fit into his system. And I think Chris Stapps Porzingis will fit perfectly into Joe Mazzula's system. The whole three-point shooting. Remember last year, the Celtics shot a lot of threes last year. They live and die by the three last year. And bringing in a player, the likes of Chris Stapps Porzingis, you're doubling down on being a three-point shooting team. So I like the move. I think offensively, they're going to be able to, to score a lot of points with Chris Stapps, with Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum. I think Chris Stapps can help you also defensively because Chris Stapps is over seven feet tall. He's a solid rim protector. So him and Robert Williams in the interior for the Celtics will make the Celtics a better defensive basketball team. Al Horford's getting old. I love Al. He's a great veteran. He's done a lot of things in this league. But Al Horford, he shot great in the regular season from three, but he was pathetic in the playoffs shooting from the three. He, I mean, he couldn't, throw the, he couldn't throw the basketball in the ocean. He was awful. So I think the Celtics will upgrade inserting Chris Stapps Porzingis into the starting lineup and the big three of Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Chris Stapps Porzingis is a solid big three to me. And assuming no other moves are made, I believe that the Boston Celtics are the favorites in the Eastern Conference going into the, the next season. I do. I really feel like that. I feel like, too, there were times and years prior where Marcus Smart, because of his personality, he basically, it, there were things that Marcus Smart did that I felt like Jason Tatum should have done, and for whatever reason, he didn't do it. Like, Marcus Smart was the leader for the Boston Celtics, and the Celtics needed Jason Tatum to be the leader and show that leadership and take over late in games. Now that Marcus Smart is out the building, maybe Jason Tatum will realize, A, I'm the best player on this team, and B, in the fourth quarter, the ball needs to be in my hands. You don't have Marcus Smart now who's going to take late-game shots. Those late-game shots will be taken from Jason Tatum, and he has to take on the responsibility of understanding that he is the best player and the leader of this Boston Celtics basketball team. Marcus Smart was the heart and soul of the Celtics, just like Draymond of the Dubs. Both teams will suffer in their absence. I do agree that Marcus Smart was the heart and soul of the Celtics, but I also feel like taking Marcus Smart away from the Boston Celtics, if Jason Tatum takes on a responsibility of being the leader and being the best player for this Boston Celtics team, it will help them reach the NBA Finals and ultimately win an NBA championship. They got to the Finals last year with Marcus Smart, and Jason Tatum was not showing that leadership. So I feel like now that Smart's out the, out the door, now Tatum has no choice but to step up and be a leader in that locker room and be more vocal. Be more vocal. That was Marcus Smart's role in years prior on the Boston Celtics. He was the vocal leader. Now it should be Jason Tatum. It has to be. It got to be Jason Tatum. And when it comes to Marcus Smart and the Memphis Grizzlies, though, I like Marcus Smart on the Memphis Grizzlies, but I don't love it. And the reason why I don't love it is because they got more grittier 
but I feel like the 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 Grizzlies need more of a finesse player who can create off the dribble. And I I, I don't know. They, they they did get better defensively because I know that Marcus Smart can play some great defense. He's a defensive specialist. John Morant's going to be out for the first twenty five games of the season, so they 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 got better defensively, but. I don't know if they needed more grit. That's what Marcus Smart is. He, he's a, he's a he's the like 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 my man Dylan said. He's the heart and soul. He was the heart and soul of the Celtics, and so he's going to bring heart and grit to the Memphis Grizzlies. But I'm not so sure that that's what the Memphis Grizzlies need right now. I'm not sure that's what they need. I do think that he can help John Morant as an individual and 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 kind of show him and teach him like man. Like, this is how you conduct yourself in the NBA as a player. I do think he can do that for sure. But, like I said, I, I, I don't love the move. I like it for Memphis. I don't think it makes Memphis worse. I don't like Memphis having to give up Tyus Jones. That was the previous guard that they had who backed up John Morant. I love Tyus Jones. Remember last year or years prior when John Morant was out, the Grizzlies had a winning record. Because of Tyus Jones, he was the best backup point guard in the NBA. And this deal, he got moved to Washington. I don't like that for the Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies are a mess. I like Smart Theory, but I also don't love it. Agreed. Agreed. I like him in Memphis, but I don't love it. I, I just feel like they, they need more finesse, more, more you know, like player, a player that can create, create his own shot off the dribble. Because to me, the only players on their team who can create off the dribble consistently is Desmond Bain and Ja Morant. I would have rather the Grizzlies go out and get another player who can create off the dribble, even if it's a if it's a guard, maybe a, 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 a even if it's a three, maybe a three and D player, a forward. Jaron Jackson is getting better. He's definitely getting better, but we'll see what happens. But those are my thoughts on the moves made by the Warriors. Grizzlies and Boston Celtics. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore eight. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys at Instagram at These Guys No Sports. Come out the break. I'm going to get to my Wise Guys question of the day: Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts? I'll be right back. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell. Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell. These guys know sports. Wise guys. These guys know sports. Wise guys. Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell. These guys know sports. Welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. Here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody remember, go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Call to the show, 513-203-8655. 513-203-8655 is the number to dial any particular topic that you want to discuss. We can talk about it on the show tonight. Let's transition back to the NFL and let's talk about the wise guys question of the day. It's a simple one. Which quarterback are you currently taking Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts? Now, the reason why this is a question on the show this afternoon is because there was a picture going around the internet yesterday. Start, bench, or cut. Y'all know how that works. You want to start a player, you want to bench him, or you want to cut him. The three players that were in the picture were Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Fields. So I looked at everyone and their start, bench, or cut between those three. And obviously you're going to cut Justin Fields. He hasn't proven himself nowhere near as what 
Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts has done so far in their respective careers. And the other one was interesting to me, though, with your start and your bench. And I also posted the Wise Guys question of the day on the Wise Guys Facebook and the my personal page as well. And I saw a lot of votes for Jalen Hurts. I saw a lot of votes for Jalen Hurts. And so I started thinking to myself, damn, is it, is it that lopsided to where people believe that Jalen Hurts is better than Lamar Jackson is? Like I'm, like, I'm looking at the results, and even on my Twitter page, when you the question, Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts won. He won in the voting poll. He, he won. And so I'm just thinking, like, wow, I was shocked. I was surprised. And so when it comes to which quarterback am I taking between Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts, I'm going to make a case for my reasons why I'm taking Lamar Jackson. Let's start off with the number one and obvious reason why Lamar Jackson is better currently than Jalen Hurts is. And, and I want to say this, I have a lot of respect for Jalen Hurts. I really, really do. He was a great player last year for the Philadelphia Eagles. He was an MVP candidate the entire season before he got injured. He had his best season last year of his career. But right now, Lamar Jackson is better than Jalen Hurts is. So let me give y'all my reasons why I believe that Lamar is better than Jalen Hurts. The number one reason why Lamar Jackson is better than Jalen Hurts is their supporting cast. Jalen Hurts has multiple, multiple weapons to distribute the football to in that Eagles offense. He got A.J. Brown. He got Devontae Smith. Okay? He got Dallas Goddard as well. What weapons has Lamar Jackson had to throw the ball to over the last few years? Somebody tell me. Mark Andrews? Mark Andrews is one of the best tight ends in the NFL. But what receiver was Lamar Jackson previously throwing the football to that was on the level of a Devontae Smith or a A.J. Brown? And for me, when I look at elite quarterbacks, Joe Burrow has Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Josh Allen has Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis. Patrick Mahomes previously had Tyreek Hill, and he still has Travis Kelsey. Justin Herbert has Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Hell, Aaron Rodgers, before Devontae Adams left for, oh, for Las Vegas, Aaron Rodgers had Devontae Adams. What reliable receiver has Lamar Jackson had to rely on since he's been in the NFL? You can make a legitimate argument that Odell Beckham, who signed with the Ravens in free agency, is the best receiver. And Odell Beckham, who's not in his prime anymore, is the best receiver that Lamar Jackson has ever thrown the football to. Period. Period. Point blank. Like, I feel like Jalen Hurts has a better supporting cast than Lamar Jackson has. Also, let's look at accomplishments, shall we? This is Lamar Jackson. He won NFL MVP in 2019. First team All-Pro in 19. Two-time Pro Bowl quarterback. NFL passing touchdowns leader in 2019. And this is his career stats. This is Lamar Jackson. This is his passing stats because we know Lamar Jackson is not only great throwing the football, but he's dynamic also running the football. But let's start off with his passing stats. Lamar Jackson for his career, 101 touchdowns, 38 interceptions, 12,209 passing yards. He's completed 
64% of his passes. Let's go to Jalen Hurts and his statistics from a career standpoint. Now, Lamar Jackson's been in the NFL longer than Jalen Hurts, okay? I'm going to let that be known. Jalen Hurts has only been in the NFL for three years. But so far in his career, I like his stats. They're respectable. 44 touchdowns, 19 interceptions, 7,906 passing yards, completing 62% of his passes. But last year, before we before the season, I remember there were some Eagles fans and people around the NFL who questioned whether or not the Eagles had a franchise quarterback. There was legitimate questions out of Philadelphia about whether or not Jalen Hurts is the future franchise quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles moving forward. There has never been a question in Buff Baltimore about whether or not Lamar Jackson is the franchise quarterback moving forward. It's never been a question from a talent standpoint. Now, if you want to talk about his injuries and durability, fair, fair enough. But from a talent perspective and overall ability, we've never questioned Lamar Jackson. Because I believe also Lamar Jackson last year, he was a better pocket passer than he was in prior years. I feel like he was a better pocket passer last year. We're not giving him enough credit. No, he's not Patrick Mahomes. No, he's not Joe Burrow. No, he's not Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence. But Lamar Jackson is a solid pocket passer. So let's not, I hate when people pretend like only thing Lamar Jackson can do is run the football and make plays with his legs. But even if you want to talk about that, let's go down that statistical lane. This is Lamar Jackson since he's been in the NFL. He got 727 carries, 4,437 rushing yards, 24 touchdowns for his career. Now, Jalen Hurts is a mobile quarterback as well. So let's, let's look at his stats over the last three years from a rushing standpoint. Jalen Hurts has 367 carries. 1,898 rushing yards, 26 touchdowns. But I believe that Lamar Jackson is a more dynamic player at the quarterback position running the football than Jalen Hurts is. Jalen Hurts can make plays with his legs, but Lamar Jackson puts fear in opposing team defenses who have to go up against him week in and week out. I don't feel like Jalen Hurts puts fear in opposing defenses the way that Lamar Jackson puts fear in opposing defenses when they go up against him. You look at their playoff record, because that's what everybody's talking about who is picking Jalen Hurts over Lamar Jackson. This is Lamar Jackson's playoff record and statistics. Lamar Jackson, he hasn't played well in the playoffs. He's one and three. The only win that he had in the playoffs came against Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. In the playoffs, he struggled. Three touchdowns, five interceptions, 900 passing yards. He completed 56% of his passes. Now, let's look at Jalen Hurts in the playoffs. Now, Jalen Hurts only been in the playoffs one year. One year, this was, this was his prior year. And obviously, they won two games in the NFC, and they got to the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts did have the one year in the playoffs against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They got beat in the wild card round, so they didn't even win the game. So in 2021, he was also in the playoffs, but they only they were a first-round exit. But this is Jalen Hurts in the playoffs so far in his career. Four touchdowns, two interceptions, completing 62% of his passes. So... Not great, not great, but he has better statistical numbers than Lamar Jackson has so far in the playoffs. But this is what I feel like. This is what I'm saying. I say that to say, yes, Jalen Hurts had a great season last year. I mean, Jalen Hurts was sensational last year. Jalen Hurts, 
to me, was a legit NFL MVP candidate last season. And if he didn't get injured, he possibly could have won NFL MVP. But in three years, he's had one great season. And two other years where we had questions about whether or not the Philadelphia Eagles had a franchise quarterback who they could build their team around. So one great year from Jalen Hurts is better than five great years from Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar Jackson, since he's been in the NFL, has produced at a high level. His rookie year, he only played in, we well, played in 16 games, but he only had six touchdowns, three interceptions. But how can you say Jalen Hurts is better than Lamar Jackson is off of one year? One year. Now, also, let's talk about Jalen Hurts and his competition last year because the Philadelphia Eagles, they were the number one seed in the NFC last year. Number one seed. Let's look at the quarterbacks that Jalen Hurts went up against last year during the regular season. Week one, Jared Goff. Week two, Kirk Cousins. I mean, you look, Trevor Lawrence is pretty good. Kyler Murray, October 9th. I'm not, I, I think Kyler Murray was still playing. I know he got injured last year, but Dak Prescott is probably the, Aaron Rodgers, they played the Packers during the season last year. They played the Colts, Commanders, Titans, Bears. I mean, like what competition did Jalen Hurts really face last year when it comes to opposing quarterbacks? Last year, Lamar Jackson went up against Joe Burrow. Now, I don't know if he played Joe Burrow the second time because the second time he was injured. But he went up against Joe Burrow last year. He went up against Trevor Lawrence last year as well. He went up against Josh Allen last year. So Lamar Jackson, he didn't have the season that Jalen Hurts had last year. But Lamar Jackson faced significant and stiffer competition than Jalen Hurts faced. He faced tougher competition. So again, based on one year, I'm not going to say that Jalen Hurts is better than Lamar Jackson is. I'm not there yet. I have to see more. I have to see more. How am I? I'm, I'm, I'm tweaking hell. The first year, he wasn't even the full-time starter. The second year, he had an entire rookie coaching staff. I know the first year he wasn't a full-time starter, but I'm saying Lamar Jackson is more proven than Jalen Hurts is. I just gave y'all the reasons why. A, Jalen Hurts has a better supporting cast than Lamar Jackson has. B, Lamar Jackson is a better runner with the football than Jalen Hurts is overall. I fear Lamar Jackson more than Jalen Hurts if I'm an opposing Defense going up against either two of the quarterbacks. So, again, Lamar also has the accomplishments. He had an MVP in 2019. That makes him better than Jalen Hurts currently is. I'm not taking nothing away from Jalen Hurts. He has a tremendous, tremendous future ahead of him. He deserved every bit of that money that he just received with his new contract. But to say that he's already better than a former NFL MVP and a player who is the face of the Baltimore Ravens franchise, I'm not ready to go there just yet. I have to see more from Jalen Hurts, and I have to see more from the Philadelphia Eagles as we head into this season. Lamar ain't proved one playoff win. What's the goal when building a roster and MVP award? The cam is better, too. I'm not saying it's just about MVPs, but I, I just feel like Lamar has done more with less. I think, I'm going to be honest, I have, again, before I move on, I have a, a certain, I have a soft spot for Lamar when it comes to quarterbacks and elite quarterbacks because I feel like other elite quarterbacks have had elite weapons around them. Again, Burrow has Chase. Mahomes had Hill and Kelsey. Josh Allen has Stephon Diggs. 
Hurts has Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. He even got a dynamic running game. Ravens got a pretty solid running game as well. But I, I also, too, another thing, Hurts has a coach who's an offensive head coach. Like John Harbaugh, he, he's not an offensive head coach. But Nick Sirianni is an offensive head coach. John Harbaugh is a defensive head coach. He loves his defense. Nick Sirianni is an offensive head coach. That's another advantage that Jalen Hurts has over Lamar Jackson. But I still think Lamar is a better player. That's just me. Go on the Wise Guys Twitter page. We can finish, we can finish this debate another time. I love to bring on Dylan because he, he's emphatic about this. My man Dylan, I love him, but he's emphatic. He feels like Lamar is nowhere in the stratosphere at, as Jalen Hurts is. Is that, is that how you feel, Dylan? You don't, do you even think that Lamar is on the same level as Jalen Hurts? Mahomes just won with the same offense Lamar has, a dog tight end and some average wide receivers. Lamar even had a better running game than Mahomes had last year. I get it. I respect, I respect it. I definitely get it. But if it's me, I'm taking Lamar Jackson over Jalen Hurts. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. It's been a great show. Great, great show today. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And we should have followed Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. I'll be back on probably in two weeks because next week I will be on vacation. I'm coming out to the West Coast, so I'll be on the West Coast next week. I'm excited about that. So if you're on the West Coast, hit, hit me up. We could definitely sit down, talk talk about Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson, who you think is better, who's a better quarterback. But I'll definitely be on here in the next few weeks. Everybody remember to strive for greatness and tune in to the next Wise Guys Sports Show when I come on here in two weeks. I'm Trey Larkins. Signing off the Worldwide Sports Network. Have a great, great Wednesday, everybody. Enjoy. Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell. Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell. These guys know sports. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.